Hello, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of The Jay Davis Show. I'm super excited to have uh, our guest with us here today. His name's Eric Frederick. He's the president and CEO of Pizzeria Uno. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Eric. Hey, thanks, Jay. It's great to be here. Yeah. Well, uh, we were talking before. Excited to hear about the history, uh, about deep dish pizza, how you got into the business. So do you want to start with just kind of the bio? How'd you get into it? How did you end up where you are? So let me tell you a little bit about Pizzeria Uno. We're the birthplace of deep dish pizza. Um, and uh, we were founded in, in 1943. And, um, what's kind of cool is if you think about an NFL coaching tree, um, there's a lot of former Uno employees who spun yeah. off and done their own thing and built decent brands and, and, and all that kind of thing. And, and, uh, so, um, so the, the brand's been around since 1943, probably one of the biggest, you know, uh, changes that we had was in 1980, a fellow by the name of Aaron Spencer, who happened to own a majority of the New England Kentucky Fried Chickens, as they called them back then, um, just fell in love with the product on a trip to Chicago and, and, uh, you know, somewhere between befriended and, and, and cajoled the the founder who was kind of getting up there in age to buy the franchise rights and then eventually bought the original Chicago restaurants and, um, you know, and, and eventually the company, you know, just kind of grew from there. And so, um, yeah. um, so we're oddly enough based out of Boston because he, you know, had his operations here. And, and what's really cool for me is I actually grew up in Chicago. Um, I, uh, married into Boston and, um, I've been here since 96, but in a lot of ways it's, uh, you know, just, you know, Uno was such an iconic brand and, and deep yeah. dish, you know, of us being the birthplace and it being just so tied to Chicago, uh, you know, to grow up in Chicago and find myself in this position has just been a little bit, you know, of a dream come true. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, I want to ask a bunch of questions, but I do love the idea and something I love talking about with people is the genealogy of great businesses, Good. how you see great businesses and then those birth more great businesses. And, the, and you can often track back like, oh, that person was at you know, Pizzeria Uno, and then they started yeah. this, and then that burst this, and then, so it's always fun to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, have you always been in food? Was this a, a shift from from a different industry, or is this something you've always been in? No, absolutely not. Um, I, <laughs> I, I um, w- became CEO here in April of 2020. Um, <laughs> Good timing. Um, I yeah. had been the, the, the chief financial officer um, it, since June of 18. And then, um, in April of, uh, or April 20, my board wanted to make a change and, and, and tap me to kind of guide us through, you know, the, the, the ugliest of the, the pandemic and, and, um, never really thought it would be permanent, but six months into it, they asked me to stay and I said, sure, but this is what we have to do to grow and all that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's been a heck of a ride. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, is there anything that has disrupted food service more in the last hundred years than COVID? <laughs> Don't know. I can't think of anything. Oh my god, no. Well, Maybe World War Two, but probably not even that. I mean, it's the the first off the pandemic was you know the the original shutdown was just a massive curveball to everybody. Um, yeah, and then, um, and then it completely changed 
um, consumer behavior and willingness to come into restaurants and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Shifted everybody's business model to more of an off-premise, not more of, but a substantially higher percentage of off-premise and takeout and delivery and all of that. Then next thing you know, we had this labor shortage that had just never existed. And then we had the highest inflation um, you know, of our, our core costs that no one had ever seen, unless you were in this industry yeah. in the late 70s. You know, you had not seen that kind of price inflation, but then you hadn't seen the other parts too. So, um, it's 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 been it's been a heck of a ride for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's man, that's amazing. So, I would love to kind of break that down. So, you're you're CFO, and now you're asked to be CEO. How did you approach? I think this is such a great leadership kind of maybe even case study. You're you're dealing with this even to call it a curveball, I think is an understatement. <laughs> I mean, this massive change and it happened fast. I think that was the other thing. It wasn't like, Hey, in six months, we're going to close everything down. It was like, I remember February of, of 2020, I went to LA uh, and I can tell you a whole nother story. Cause I actually got COVID kind of crazy uh, in, in a time when like was one of the very early people. Early COVID but was scary. It was nuts. And so all of a sudden you didn't have like six months. It was like, oh, we're shutting down. I remember we were on a project and it was like that Friday, I think that the announcement was made. It was like, should we all leave? Like, what should we do? So like, how did you approach that? Massive shift, massive change. You're now the leader. How did you, to help other people who are going through those things in their businesses, did you go scream in a room for a couple minutes and then come out and <laughs> what what was that process like and what I would love to learn from you how do you deal with the hardest circumstances you can be thrown well you know um so it's funny I did not go in a room and scream I called my my, my cousin and I are same age and we're just best friends and everything and 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 we're yeah. both veterans and, and so um you know and, and um you know I called was you know, he's like, Eric, I'm ex Navy. He said, Are you are you wet right now? Like, am I wet? No, of course not. He goes, Are you warm? I'm like, I'm warm. He goes, Do you get to go home to your wife tonight? And I said, Yeah. And and he said, Are you off the coast of any place where people want to kill you? I said, No. He goes, This sounds like a pretty good day. <laughs> now, I, I digress because early, early on, no. you know, we didn't know and, and it's like it frankly, was extremely deadly and, and, and obviously way more so than desert storm, but, but nevertheless, you know, the, the military yes. kind of taught me some really critical things about leading in a crisis and how you exude confidence and keep people focused on, yeah, we are in a crisis, no doubt. Okay. But this is where we're going and, and have the confidence, you know, that tomorrow will be a better day. The sun will come up. And then frankly, when yeah. it comes up, this is what we're going to do. Um, and and I think the other big part was to focus because you got a hundred things coming at you. Um, and and to be able to, you know, sort of um say this is what's really important. And then the third thing is sort of an old kind of a military saying of adapt, adjust, overcome. Because she things were changing so fast, you know. Um, and uh, you know, and and so that was a big, big part of it you know, coming into it. Well, it's, it's amazing. 
Well, I want to break down those lessons because I, yeah. I actually, even though that was a joke, it's a very wise joke. <laughs> of the first thing you did was got perspective. Yeah. Of like, hey, I'm not. You know, we're there are people who are sick and and this is impacting them. There are people dying. Yeah. But for me personally, I've been asked to lead. It could be worse. I've been in tougher situations. So, I've been, I've in, been in tougher stressful. situations. Yeah, it was yes. not life and death for me personally, right? Yes. Um, you know, it was for the yeah. brand. It was for our people's, you know, um, you know, livelihood and our yeah. franchisees and all that kind of thing. But no, it, getting getting that overall perspective and then working the problem, right? Because when you're, yeah. that's the most critical thing you can do in a crisis. You just got to work the problem and tune out things and 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 um you know you 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 know can never your situation's a situation you can't do anything about yeah. it and you know and whatnot it and, is what it is yeah so uh that's awesome i love that i actually think that's such a great have you ever i don't know if you were a lost fan uh, of the tv show lost i never saw it yeah uh, so many good things okay. there's a great time where the guy's talking about being a surgeon and how he was a he was a spinal surgeon and he accidentally broke open the nerve sack and he yeah. talks about how like all the nerves spill out and he was like what do you do and so he said he panicked for five seconds let himself fully panic <laughs> and then after five seconds it was kind of that same idea like okay now work the problem like it's, yeah it is what it is you got to solve it <laughs> and yeah. uh i yeah. that just you saying that made me think of that and i think i think that's great advice it, and if as an entrepreneur, you're always you always kind of have to tell yourself and trick your brain like it could be worse, like it could be worse. So solve the problem, go get it done. But I love that amazing advice. Uh, any, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this the right way, but any maybe counterintuitive things that you learned that you were not expecting to learn and that have now been been a lesson as you went through that experience? Well, uh, I had never been CEO before. So, yeah. um, but I had always been sort of like, I'm not a kind of bookkeeper, um, you know, C CFO. I'd, I'd always sort of been yeah. an XO right hand, you know, consigliere yeah. type person. And so you're kind of right in shotgun. And, um, and you know, it's always easy to say, gosh, you know, quietly, you know, you'd always in, in private disagree with the CEO if you disagreed and, <laughs> yeah. you know, you were that inside yeah. counsel. And it's so simple, but it's kind of like sitting in the passenger side of a car, you know, now you've got the, yeah. and, and, you know, and you've got that responsibility. Your job isn't done by having the idea. And of course we could always remember the, I told my boss to do this or not do that. We never seem to remember that gee, I told you to do this and it would have been a really bad idea. You literally own yes. it. You know? And so that was the other thing. But the other is I quickly realized, because I, I had an all-hands meeting, um, gosh, maybe four hours into, three hours you know, into being notified by my chairman with all my leadership team, one of whom had not heard until then that, hey, this is the situation. You know, I'm now the CEO and and all that. And then two hours later with the entirety of our franchisees, you know, and and, yeah. Trump and still confidence. The big counterintuitive thing for me that I believe worked is in a crisis, your default is an authoritarian approach, you know, of this is exactly yeah. what we're going to do because you have time, right? It, you know, when there's a yeah. thought... It, and so 
It's it's funny. So one of my uh, franchisees who I up, end up um, hiring to be my head of ops, one, he said to me, so what's your vision? And, and, you know, you have to put it in the context of this was my first restaurant job in 2018 as CFO. <laughs> so I've got slightly under two years experience in the industry and only as a finance guy, you know? Um, yeah. And so, you know, so I just laid it out and I said, look, here's the deal. If you guys are expecting me to have all the answers on how to run a restaurant, we're in big trouble. But I do think, and what I've seen in my tenure here is we've got a lot of great ideas out here. Some of you are going to want me to go left. Some of you are going to want me to go right. Some of you want me to stay, but I'm pretty good at listening to people and hearing the right thing and making the right decisions. And that's how we're going to do this, you know, and we're going to make some mistakes. Yeah. We're going to make them together. Um, and, and that's, that's the, that's the, that's just the deal. And, you know, I called all them and my constituents and, and did that. Um, now on the side, there are some blessings that I had, um, that made this very, you know, I, I don't know how I could have done it without it. Um, business wise, we operated a frozen pizza manufacturing business. Okay. Not very big, but big enough. And I knew that was an opportunity for us to really step on the gas there. Cause one way or another people wanted their pizza. You know, and yeah. and so we really stepped on the gas there. And when everything was cutting back, it would have been easy to do across the board cuts. But we actually did some things to keep the sales force around and it sent them to do even more. And that ended up with a very, very happy ending. Um, but, you know, um, you know, on, on the restaurant side, um, you know, there were some things I pivoted to immediately saying, look, you know, people know us for great pizza. And I think over the years, we've strayed to all things, all people. And, uh, you know, and I say this as a guy who was from Chicago living here for, you know, the better part of 20 years before I came to work here. <laughs> yeah. And I saw yeah. kind of the stray away from pizza. And I said, we've got to be really good at pizza. And I, I took a page from Howard Schultz's book. The first time he came back to be CEO, he, he literally closed the cafes and they just made coffee because they'd gotten away from it and they did. To it. So, you know, we implemented this perfect pizza program and everything from Hey, this step is getting in the way of this. And if we add two minutes to cook time, it's going to come out so much better and on and on and, uh, and bought some equipment that made it better and more consistent. And we really, and I think just, even if that wasn't the exact right thing we did, it gave focus. It gave, when we come out of this, yeah. we're going to be about pizza and getting back to our roots and frankly, what our brand knows and, and, and all of that. Uh, so, you know, that was a big part of those first couple of weeks, you know, and of course building yeah getting the team together so yeah i love it i i wrote down default your default is always going to be the uh, authoritarian approach and i think that's such an amazing lesson i noticed anytime a challenge comes it, when you said that i was like oh my gosh that's so true the default reaction as a human being is just to be like okay i'm just going to start laying down the law and act like a jerk and just be like, everyone's going to listen to me and do exactly what I say. And if you do that, you can't react because it's like, okay, we're just, and there's so many great military examples of, of that being disastrous when even then, not listening and reacting. There, there's a fire in the room. Go put the fire out. No, go turn off the electrical supply to that room first, you know? And if you're, yeah. if you're in this, go, you know, full steam ahead this way people won't talk to you 
they won't say you're about to roll right off the cliff, you know, and, 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 yeah. all that. and so, you know, you have to fight that instinct. And so that was a kind of, you know, to your question about counterintuitive, that was probably one of the biggest ones out there. Yeah. So as you guys have come out of the pandemic, uh, that's given you guys a lot of focus. Are you, I, I feel like we hear so often, like it's a whole new world. How are you approaching that? Cause I think that's something that every entrepreneur, it's a balance. It's, there's times, and this is one of the counterintuitive things that's difficult. There's times when you got to innovate and come up with new ideas. There's times where you got to get back to what makes you great. Sometimes the innovation is what makes you great. How do you guys think through that? Of it, I think you also have this incredible, like I'm not. We we said no math uh, before we started, so I'm trying to do 1846, 60, <laughs> 80 year history. You have this amazing 80-year history of the business. How do you balance being true to that while also developing and growing the business? So how have you approached that problem? Because I think it's something almost every entrepreneur, executive I've ever talked to, that's a huge question in their mind is how do I, how do I approach and what is my vision and what's the right strategy? Well, you know, it's, it's um, you know, if you've ever read the book, Good to Great, one of the most important yeah is uh preserve the core right um and our core is it's not just amazing pizza but it's it's this pizza joint experience i mean one of the things that just absolutely makes my day is i'll bump into somebody and you know um it it, i was i was just you know on vacation this last week and and i bumped into this couple and they're like oh my god you know, I went to school in Chicago and we went to, you know, all the time. It was such an amazing place like that. That's part of our heritage. It's it's more than yeah. just we went to this other brand or whatever. And it was just a great place to go after the movie. You know, there's so many people we've met who've had their first dates there um, and, and it was just a family outing. And so that and amazing pizza are part of our core and frankly, a little bit of innovative pizza, too. Um, yeah. And so if that's really the core, the company built out in casual dining and, and that became a little bit of an issue. Um, given where our investors were in the life cycle of their fund, really growth in terms of, you know, you always want to grow your own restaurant sales, but adding units probably in a material way was not in the cards. And yeah. Um, and meanwhile, the company hadn't added a uh, really a new domestic franchisee in almost 10 years. Um, and so, you know, and what you have is franchisees who are, we have the most amazing franchisees are incredibly loyal. They lead stables and all this, but they're getting old and the franchise agreements are coming up and their leases are coming up and all that kind of thing. So we had to pivot to a different growth strategy and, you know, and, and really what that was had to be centered around that hospitality, you know, um, and great pizza. Um, and you know, which means going to a takeout only concept isn't, you're missing something really important, right? And you do takeout, you don't care about hospitality, but that's a big part of who we are, you know? Um, and frankly, what we're good at. And so why would you leave that on the table? And now you're competing with people who compete on price. I mean, ultimately I think there's, cheap pizza, there's fast pizza, and there's really good pizza. And we compete in the really good pizza. So um, so what we did is we basically said, okay, we're going to continue you know, with our casual dining restaurants and we're going to optimize their their profits as much as possible and, and all that. 
but we've got to come up with a new franchise concept. And and frankly, what we're doing is we're partnering with hotels that have to have full service restaurants because their brand insists on like a full service Holiday Inn or, you know, certain yeah. Marionettes and Hilton's and whatnot. And we're saying, gee, you're losing money on your restaurant. We know you want to run your restaurant as badly as we want to open a hotel, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and so turn your full service restaurant into an Uno. And one, you're going to get all the revenue you've already been getting, but at a lower food cost because pizza is cheaper to make than everything else. But all that takeout pizza you see coming in your front door, you, that's now yours. You'll go on DoorDash and believe it or not, you'll get takeout business. And then, which we were su pleasantly surprised, we've got a, a Delta by Marriott that has a good amount of business of people from the local community coming into their restaurant to eat. And I, I just, you know, there's some city restaurants with nice upscale, you know, uh, restaurants. I get it. But I just don't say, honey, we're going to go to the suburban Marriott tonight for dinner. <laughs> and so yeah. it's just been taken. I've easy. never eaten in a Marriott restaurant, except I was staying at the restaurant. Yeah. And even then, usually not. It's and, there's other stuff around. Yeah. And so now great. It's, it's great right point. there. We have a brand they know. It's it's very a, def a defensive yeah. position. And what's great is we try and catch them when they're already doing a uh, remodel. So their incremental cost is de minimis. You know, so that all of a yeah. sudden they're getting double, triple their rent. And so we found like a niche for our brand. And and one of the reasons like you know, there's, when you're in the franchise business, you know, we, we could go after people with Meineke break shops. And they got 20 of those and say, hey, why don't you diversify into pizza? They'll never get hospitality the way hoteliers do. They may not want to run, run a restaurant, but they've got great hospitality. And, yeah. uh, and then qualify them as a, as a, um, you know, as a potential franchisee, all you have to do is look at their, their, uh, scores on, uh, social media. And, you know, I had one fellow who wanted to do a fairly large deal with me and all of his hotels had like three stars. If he won't take care of his own brand, he won't take care of mine, you know? And so, yeah. and it really helps, you know, help. <clears throat> sorry. You, you can do all the training you want, but you got to have some degree of passion for hospitality to really turn it out, right? And so that's where, yeah. you know, in terms of like new world, we adapted and said, this is the way the world's going. People aren't going in to eat, yet we've got a big box, you know, and a labor-intensive model in, you know, a you know, big casual dining restaurant. How do we take our brand and use it in a way to grow? And that's what we're doing. I love that. That is so yeah. awesome. Well, exactly like you said. I mean, you go to a Marriott or or something like that, and they have a restaurant. You're like, I don't. I've never heard of that restaurant. I'm. I don't really know that I want to take a gamble. Uh, it might be good. It might not be good. But you know a brand like Uno, and you're like, oh, I, I know that brand. I'm going to go eat it. So, and if you have kids, there. you're getting pizza. And if you brought your oh, yeah. entire lacrosse team there, you're getting the pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And by the way, yes. you might order a beer or two, which you're, the hotel's absolutely not selling you if you want something else. So, yes. Yeah. No, that is amazing. That is such a great example. Uh, well, where do you see it going from here? Like, what what other things are you guys working on? Uh, what are you excited about personally as you think about the future? Uh, what gets you pumped? Yeah. So, you know, there's, um, you know, in the franchise business, you really have two customers. You've got, the franchisees, yeah. who, you know, your brand is, if I made you money, am I, you know, you know, being, a, am I supporting you as a franchisee and all that kind of thing. And so clearly I'm very super excited about our foray into the hotel world. Um, 
you know, what I'm, I'm just incredibly proud of, um, with, um, you know, and excited about is we've really innovated a lot with pizza. So people know our brand for deep dish pizza. Um, believe it or not, we, we've had a thin crust since like 2006. Um, I mean, I grew up in Chicago. My dad was a thin crust guy. We just didn't eat deep dish every meat, you know? And so, <laughs> um, yeah. And so, uh, you, last, um, I guess it was 2021, uh, Detroit style pizza, which has been around since 1946 became sort of the it pizza, if you will. It's phenomenal. Have you ever yeah. had it? Oh, you, you got to get, I some. should have told you this before. I'm the biggest pizza nut in the world. No. And so I'm obsessed with pizza. So I mean, yes, I love Detroit. I love Chicago. As I mentioned, grew up in Chicago, but yeah, Detroit is super interesting. And, and so, um, so, by the way, one of the things I did not do is we had furloughed our head of culinary. Terrific guy. Terrific chef and all this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we're pizza focused and he really wasn't a pizza guy, um, you know, meanwhile, I've got 80 restaurants and everyone has a culinary lead who, you know, went to school for it and and don't want to yeah. just be told to here's the recipe, now make it. So we threw innovation back out to the field. Right. And yeah. and, you know upped our quality and, and Hey, what's, you know, but as it relates to pizza, we come up with a Detroit style pizza and it was developed almost entirely in house. Our oven manufacturer lent us some help because we had to, you had to make it in our oven. Right. So it's got to hit the yeah. right temperature speeds on the belts and all this, you know, stuff I, you know, won't bore your listeners with, but there's a lot of moving parts. We'll talk about it after <laughs> Amy and I'm interested. You know, how much sauce do we use and and we're and you know because yeah. you put too much it'll be all you know wet and too little it's no good and you know on and on and so we did that and it's just been a huge success and then um beginning of september we knew you know with kind of a recession or people tightening their belts we wanted to have a value offering and rather than just drop our price or whatever we came up with a bar pizza which is now really really taking off and what's kind of cool is tavern style pizza literally is the thin crust of Chicago. Um, and it happens yeah. to be very big in Boston where we've got a lot of restaurants. So it was a great synergy, totally in house. And gosh, we yeah. probably had 20 different people making different recipes and all that kind of thing. And, and, you know, what we came up with was, you know, that Apollo 13 scene with like, you guys have one hour to make a circle. <laughs> yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, we challenged the team to do that. And what came out was we use our deep dish dough, which we pre-baked to give it a crispiness to it. We then use our Detroit style sauce. Okay. Which we experimented with how much and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And the cheese from our thin crust and, 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 and you know, and a bunch of other things. So it was sort of like yeah. all these different elements. Cause I said, we're not going to bring in more flour. We're not going to bring in a new skew figure it out with what we've got and it is phenomenal and and it's a it's a 999 pizza so you can't you can't go wrong with that and um you know it's a little probably too small for two guys you know um but um you know um but anyways it, great little bar that, not only am i proud of the innovation but we did it in house and so many people yeah. have that ownership and hey i played a part in that and uh you know, in full disclosure, I probably put on 10, 15 pounds over the last couple of months <laughs> trying this version, that version. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is that is the worst part about pizza that it's so good. Uh, you just want to eat it all the time. It's yeah. One of my one of our constant struggle. 
imagine, you know, one of our perks, go figure, is we get lots of free pizza, you know? And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's like reverse Atkins diets. <laughs> it's, yeah. When when my favorite food is free, cars. Yeah, you got to be careful. And, and I'm literally uh, like, it's a good idea for me to go to the restaurants and try it. Make sure, you know, for all yes. reasons. So, anyways, like, honey, this is my job. Yeah. I am required. That's amazing. I love the idea. And I think that's such a brilliant uh, piece of advice that for every CEO is throwing that innovation back to the team. I We had our all hands today for, for uh, our, our company and our customer service people. Uh, we, we do lunch and then uh, as we're eating lunch, we kind of talk through things and, and everything going on. And uh, after I finished, we, we kind of talked about some new products we have coming for Pillow Cube, and and I sat down with the customer service team, and it was amazing how they were like, "Hey, I have an idea," and and it's so fun to see employees who feel empowered and like they've been given permission to like, "Hey, you can come up with ideas." Like, I don't care if you're customer service, if you're a product, if you're an executive, if you are the janitor, I don't care. I want people thinking about this, and I want everyone feeling comfortable saying, Hey, I, there's a place where I can throw out ideas. Cause it's amazing how, uh, you know, the customer service, uh, team, they were just throwing out stuff cause they talked to our customers every day, all day. Uh, and so they know what people are thinking and saying. And so I love that idea of that innovation going back to the restaurants where you have trained culinary chefs and leads who they know how to make food and let's let them do it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, you know, but part of part of leadership is to, is to kind of direct that because I mean, yes. one of the hot food uh, things out there right now is bowls, like acai bowls and things like. That. But that's yeah. not us. And so if you you've yes. got to give them that, we're looking for this thing in pizza and 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 yeah. and figure give them out. direction. Yeah, that you know some general you know guardrails and all that kind of thing. That you know this is where we're looking and all that kind of thing, and it ends up you know working out. Yeah. The other thing, you know, for every CEO is, is you know, people always say, oh, you should go on an undercover boss. They all know, <laughs> they all know me because I go to my restaurants because yeah. you, you find out so many things that happen in restaurants. So they didn't train us on this or, you know, yeah. um, they came up with like, oh, gosh, what was it the other day? We changed the we, we changed the way our point of sale system classifies the non-alcoholic beverages. Do you have any idea how boring that is? But if you work in the bar, that you don't get tipped off of that anymore. We had no idea. But I yeah. sat there, talked to the bartender. It was a flip of a switch. We just, you, you know, yeah. and so you get out there and, you know, so um, you just got to do things like that. You got to talk to your peeps. So true. And that's, I think that's a natural tendency. Um, you know, you guys are a much operate, bigger operation than we are, but it's amazing how your business starts to grow and you just start to have more distance from your customers, from your people, and you have to constantly fight. And I love that reminder of yep. there's little changes that you can make that yeah. you don't even think about because it doesn't impact you. You're like, I don't, I don't know what the difference is between yeah. tipping on alpha or, or I didn't know we made that change. And then you interact with your people and it's like, Hey, you made a change that impacts my paycheck and how I provide for my family. And, and it's amazing it how it, we thought we were yeah. up the way the technology worked and there was a unintended consequence and there you go. Yeah. But, yeah. Love that. Such great advice. Well, that is amazing. Well, Eric, it's been so fun talking. 
uh, like I said, as a pizza nut, I always love talking pizza, uh, but your leadership lessons have been incredible. Uh, so thank you for being willing to come on, share your wisdom and your advice. We really appreciate it. You bet, Jay. It's been a pleasure being here. A lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks so much. 